Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Flashes, champions of the Mid-American Conference. Little trick play and a throw to Baker Mayfield to tie the game. Period grab by Linder. Throw to first. Unbelievable. Chubb will take this all the way. 92 yards. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. The Indians have won the American League pennant. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. I accepted it. Gladiator. Gladiator. And we are live. Welcome back, back to Pass the Mic with Fitz and Enzo. I'm Sean Fitzgerald I'm alongside Enzo, Enzo, Orlando. Enzo Orlando here too from Pass the Mic. Uh, we do have our good friend Michael Saris coming in uh, studio today. He is currently looking for parking right now, but Michael should be in here soon. So I have my radio host and my podcast co-host with me today, and it's always good to have both you guys on today's show as we really do have a lot to get on. Uh, we also have the voice of Drunky of the Week in the studio. He is sitting back there uh, with the headsets on. I don't think he'll be on air, but uh, we're looking to get in on a good show. A lot to talk about with the Browns and Indians right now in the world of sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm your co-host. You can't get rid of me. I'm not rid of you. Uh, <laughs> and we also got uh, our poll is actually up already on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Sean, you want to talk about the poll? Uh, yeah, go and vote on the poll. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we have it all up there, and we'll be discussing that towards the end of the first hour, so go and vote. Also, a couple other programming notes for you all. If you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, follow us at PassTheMic, at Pass underscore the underscore mic with a final underscore, or does that change? No, that, that, that that's final underscore, All right, too. so like, there's three underscores in, in the name. Pass underscore at the underscore mic underscore at FitzOnSportsBSR, at JohnnyEnzo2, and at Theo Mike Eleven, along with Facebook and Instagram at Pass the Mike Sports Talk to keep up with the show, polls, discussion, and more. As always, the poll, as we said, is up now. And if you want to call oh, in during the show to get some sports takes taken, call the Orlando Baking Company hotline at three three zero six seven two seven seven zero one. Orlando Baking Company fine finest breads and rolls since eighteen seventy two. Visit orlandobaking dot com for more information. Uh, and then just a courtesy, you cannot curse or swear or call into the sh- when you call into the show. You'll be immediately dumped off air and the phone line according to our policy. So with that, let's get into some Kent State sports with Sean and I. And, Sean, you have uh, a different take on I me mean, when it comes to Kent State's football. I compared say to my it's a show. different take. Yeah. But I'd say after Dustin Crum led the Flashes to a decimation of Bowling Green to 62-20, to we happen to know that you and Brandon Lewis from last week had a little bit of a different thing to say. As in, and I quote, that the Kent State Flashes had no chance. Oh, we quote, said, okay, they, okay, here's the thing. They had, the spread, they had an 11-point favorite in that game. So we knew they were going to win, but we're like, oh, who knows? Kent might blow it or something. I was comparing Kent State football to what the Browns used to do sometimes right, when they were right, bad. Right. So that's how I was taking it. <laughs> uh, glad they beat out uh, Bowling Green by a lot. It was pretty much a blowout. Bowling Green's football is really bad. So they're on the scale yeah. of a dumpster fire. Still, uh, though, this is the second most points that a Kent State team in football has scored in, I believe, its program history. Program history. And also... With how well they showed out, I know Bowling Green isn't you know the top of the line no. MAC team, but could this win help propel the Flashes in the second year under Coach Sean Lewis 
to their first bowl game since Dre Archer was here. I mean, it could be uh, the flashes. We do have Wisconsin. We know we're definitely not going to have a chance in that one after Wisconsin r- literally destroyed Michigan. After uh, UMBC week. and Appalachian State yeah. and their respective sports, I think there's always a chance. And for then uh, Kent State has Akron. Uh, the following, like they have a bye week this week, and then they have Akron uh, on October twelfth. I think we'll That's beat early. Akron. I think we'll beat Akron this year. They had a that... chance last year. We called that game. They yeah, had terrible weather and that, uh, that bad, uh, bad uh, fake trick play did not work yeah. out well. I mean, for Kent, that that so. was just so confusing at the end of the game because it's like, what the heck are we doing? And I look over at you as we're like broadcasting the last bit of the game, it's like, what the heck are you doing? Like, we weren't sure if they were trying to go for a fake or what. Yeah, because they called the timeout when they had the field goal unit up, and then they go back in, and they set up in the, set it up in a field goal, but I think, like, the defense would know that you're probably going to try to go for two or something, and that's what really yeah. screwed them up. Uh, then they have uh, OU next, and uh, I think OU is better at Kent than – better at football than Kent, so yeah, but I'll do I think, that. I think and... this offense is much improved under uh, Dustin Crum. It's definitely different than, uh, you know, being under others as of right now. As of right now. Uh, then uh, they'll take on Michael's school, Miami of Ohio, on October uh, 26. And, Michael, he just got into the studio, everybody. Here is Michael Saris. He just got into the studio after finding parking. So, Michael... We are talking Kent State football, and uh, they play uh, Miami uh, on the 26th, and you are at yeah. the Ohio State-Miami uh, game. Yeah, we uh, had a 5 nothing lead there. You Hi, did everybody. have a 5 nothing lead. So what's your take on Kent State versus Miami uh, in, on the 26th of October? Wow, right out of the uh, – right out of the right – yeah, the car and right on air, and my take on Kent State, Miami. Well, of course, Miami's going to kick uh, Kent's butt. Uh, I mean, Miami destroyed <laughs> Kent destroyed Bowling Green. We Big beat deal. them by sixty two twenty. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. What do you want a cookie? <laughs> uh, I think so. did someone bring me cookies? I think someone did. Yeah. <laughs> the man, the myth, the myth, the, the legend, the, table, the legend, the legend, the great. Uh, what are you doing, Drunky? Right yeah, there, right there. There he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, this is great. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what's. Um, I really don't have a lot of info on uh, MAC football. Um, what is Kent one and one? Kent one and two? is actually uh, two, two, and, two. two and two. Two and two. Two and two. Two and two. Uh, one and zero oh in conference play. Uh, they have Wisconsin uh, next week. So, what's I, Miami? Uh, Miami's record. Uh, Miami is. I should know They're this. one and three. One and three. One so and hey, three. you guys probably have a pretty good. Show. And it's it's at uh, Kent. It's at Kent. Okay. Hmm. What's the line? Uh, it's the line on. I wonder if they have it out yet. Uh, so far, Kent is a seventy percent favorite to win. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you guys probably will. I don't think Miami's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends it. on if Dustin Crum stays healthy because I yeah. think his his being in the offense definitely led to that BG win more so than you. Uh, you know, we just went through a quarterback change, and I'm yeah, getting Woody the, Barrett. Woody Barrett. Woody Barrett. Uh, yeah, I feel so bad. Apologies to Woody Barrett if you're listening out there. <laughs> Sorry, Woody. <laughs> All right. So there's uh, that. Um, so, yeah, Kent State f- football. And then I think we have Toledo next. Uh, Toledo's always been a better program than us. I think Toledo will definitely beat us in that one. Buffalo. So I think the end of the season for Kent's going to be hard. So mm-hmm. there's a chance of a ball game. There is a chance of a ball game com- coming. Yeah, Kent hopefully. State. Like, I'd love to see one happen. Because I, I think that would get uh, some fans a little more invested into the program here. Yeah. And if you keep climbing up, who knows what happens. I mean, I, all, you, all you need to do is be right around 500 to get a bowl, right? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. At uh, least six and six. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's the Bahamas ball so I can take a trip to the Bahamas <laughs> and go on the beach. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Who's going to pay for that big time? Oh, I'll, I'll Mr. Big I'll, oh. I'll, I'll take some money Did you out. hear that, Papu? <laughs> big time's going to the Bahamas. <laughs> if uh-huh. we go to the ball game. Uh-huh. The, the, yeah. I'd Get love couple... to see where you pony up the cash. Exactly. Line. Me yeah. too, Fitz. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Let's see, is, uh, is Dad listening by any chance? Uh, or Mom? Might, oh, Mom might be. Might, might, might be. Yeah, let me see if we get a text yeah, like, going. We might have to start, you might yeah. have to start fundraising now from uh, Fundra- with Venmo. Yeah, Venmo. I mean, you know, Venmo. what about your co-host? I mean, if you're going to pay co-host? for yourself, you got to have us, too. Yeah, you, oh, I yeah. know Sean yeah, for sure. And if, and oh, if you're, uh, oh yeah. wow. You're Miami, wow. You're Miami. Uh-huh. Oh, I feel honored, but I also yeah. feel bad for yeah. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see where I rate. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. I made a little all, all three oh. of us. Have to yeah, you're paying for all three of us. I don't want any backpedaling. <laughs> no backpedaling now. I mean, you already take a bunch of vacations anyways. <laughs> you're going yeah, we go. this week. Yeah, you're going I mean, I'm to, driving. I'm driving to, driving. to, to fair, DC, dude. To be fair, I don't get to go on a ton of vacations because, right. you know, just like family stuff and everything. Right, right, right. Well, you guys are in school. You, know, yeah. you can't be vacation vacation i know i mean true yeah but like the bowl game more likely than not would take place right after finals week if i'm not mistaken it's around christmas break pretty much so hmm, pretty we'll much, have yeah. time to like go to the ball game or if, if we can't go we'll watch it on tv okay. yeah for sure i want to hear you sell this to your mom Oh, I, I, I want to hear the audio recording. Yeah. I really oh, do. Boy. Maybe video. Maybe you could yeah. do it. Please show me. Facebook like, Live. Facebook Live. Not it. Facebook Live. At <laughs> least, like, for after in case something happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, with that said, uh, any final thoughts on Kent State right now before we move into a little bit of Tribe Talk? Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I just think there's a little bit more. Um, I think they have, a, they have a little bit more better chance than they did last the last couple years with Kent State football. I think they just look better. I think Sean Lewis really kind of disciplined these players now. I think going with Dustin Crum has been paying off so far. So hopefully if something happens, hopefully Woody Bear can just do the same thing too. But we'll, we'll just see how the season goes so far. I mean, they got a lot of couple, a lot, lot more conference play coming in soon. So, you know, that's, those games are always very important when it comes to getting into a ball game. Right. And with that said, uh, anything else on your part, Michael? No, I got enough. I got nothing. All right, so we got some tribe talk here, and oh, it's down to the wire as the tribe are now one and a half games back for the second wild card spot with Tampa Bay just ahead. I believe Oakland has or will clinch a spot in the next day or two, which, of course, that is less than ideal to be one and a half back, especially after losing to the White Sox in a very winnable game yesterday. Yeah, what a it's difference a, a day series, makes. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, you can make up, I believe, a half game today with Tampa Bay being off. But that's, yeah, they, yeah, they, you don't want to be. They could go pull even with Tampa Bay and uh, not pull even. They so they'd be at one game back. Oh, one game back. One game back. One game back. One game right. back right. I believe. Right. If I'm, I could be wrong in saying that. But I no, no, that's you're right. right. They're so a game we, and a half out. Yeah, yeah it's uh, uh, like I said, what a difference a day makes. I mean, Jose comes back. Everybody was riding high the day before. Day before. Oakland lost, oh. and then last night I actually yeah. watched as uh, the Angels bullpen imploded. They had one out in the ninth with a one run lead. Oh boy. And, uh, Chapman, yeah, I mean, they were, they were touting this guy it was on ESPN. They were like, Oh, this guy hasn't, his name was Nobles or something. Hadn't give up, uh, haven't, hadn't give up a run and how many outings and he gives up a base hit and then a ding and Chapman just crushed this uh, ball. Chapman's a field. good player. Yeah. Yeah. So it was riding high on, uh, riding high on, on, uh, Tuesday and not so, or riding high on Wednesday, not so much on yeah. Thursday. Not hey, so Enzo, much. try speaking to your mic a little more. It's a little bit uh, hard to hear you. A little bit hard to hear me. Uh, I do have the mic volume. There you up, go. So there you go. That's I mean, better. So. That's a little better. bit better. All right. Yeah. Come on, engineer. Get this thing going. All right. They're at the spin those levels. dials, baby. I'll spin those levels. I mean, <laughs> 
I mean, it still is sometimes like someone who's been here for a number of semesters. It's hard to run the board at times. And then also just like talking to everything while you're oh, yeah. doing all that stuff. Like I've, this is my fourth semester. So like, I've kind of got used to having like put my mouth in the right place and just like having to fill things out, type things in, et cetera, et cetera. Oh no, definitely. I remember the first show we did. Yeah. You were, yeah, it was a challenge. It was challenging. Oh, yeah. The first show is always I mean, hardest. the first shows are always like, but getting back on topic, like the Indians actually still could have a chance at if Oakland and Tampa Bay lose out and Indians win out, Indians could actually grab the first wild card spot. I mean, they oh, could. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the Blue Jays uh, sweep uh, Tampa Bay, but it doesn't look like it'll happen. Hopefully, I mean, I, I all you need to Toronto have beat Tampa like at least once or twice. If I'm not mistaken series. with my math, all you need is for Tampa Bay to lose twice to Toronto and the Indians to sweep the Nationals and then win today against the White Sox, right? Yeah, yeah. And if they do that, that would get, put us in. Yeah, yeah. That put yeah. that would put you in in if, that scenario. If we go, uh, if we go four and zero, yeah, four and zero. If we go three and one, and even if they lose, they lose one way, we have a playoff, right? Yeah, one game playoff. But you have to make sure that Tampa Bay loses at least two games. Yeah, that's what way. We're for. They're playing real. I mean, they have they have I won mean, so many close games. They've won like what five straight like extra yeah. games. I'm just yeah, I keep, upset with the Yankees. It feels like too. that one year where they coasted into like the wild card or division. Yeah. And, like before, like when it was still like four teams in uh, each bracket. It's just like man, could they have not helped us out a little more? Yeah, than I kind I kind of wish the Yankees did help us out. In the like I feel past like they want to not face Tampa Bay. Like I feel like they'd rather like have uh, Oakland. I, I feel like they'd rather have Oakland or so us like, if we yeah. make it. Yeah. Though then again, I feel like if they face us, they're more afraid of our hitting and Yasiel Puig gunning down runners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> down runners. I mean, it's, it, it's it's day by day. Like I said, I mean, you know, we're down today because because uh, you know the Indians lost last night. Oakland and Oakland rallied. Uh, Tampa Bay won. But look, I mean, if the Indians wins, they been well. Tampa Bay doesn't play today, but if the Indians win today, Oakland loses, and if Tampa Bay loses tomorrow, and we win. You know, it, it flip flop that quickly, but we're obviously we're running out of days. We got four we left. Four we we got to win them all. We we go two and two. It's not looking good. All right. So as a fan, I'm viewing it as a fan. How would you view this uh, season so far? Because I'm kind of viewing it. If we don't make the playoffs, it'll be a disappointing season. If you don't make it, and a team, I know injuries really set us back big time. We didn't have Corey Kluber yeah. at all. Jose Ramirez wasn't yeah. the self the first half. Then he gets hurt. Uh, we've uh, Kipnis was out. If I can just Linda jump in out, on that, so. if I can jump in on that, I discussed this with you for a brief moment before we went on air. Uh, I don't think I'd view it as a disappointment. I think of it as we didn't want this uh, to go this way, but like all the injuries, everything that they had overcome throughout the whole year, it was crazy, crazier than years past. And the fact that you're going to have a 93 plus win team and you're going to miss a postseason, I don't think it's a disappointment. I think it's just a matter of fact of. We didn't capitalize against Oakland or Tampa Bay. We won one game against each of those teams. And then you really just got, you know, unlucky with injuries. You had Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger. I mean, you had, what, who else am I missing? Jose, Francisco, Kipnis, Naquin went down a month or two ago. You had Zimmer out for most of the year, Salazar. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like, you're lucky to even be in this position where you're at right now to be in contention for the wild card. I think if you come into spring training next year with a healthier group, I think there's a real chance to make it back to the postseason. Am I, mean, I, I definitely to, think there is a high chance I, that we go back to the postseason. The thing next is, year, I'm but, going to be very interested in is are the tribe going to be able to push for the division again, or are they going to have to go for the wild card? Because the thing I've noticed with the Twins in the last couple of years, from 2015 onward is that they seem to be like kind of the opposite of the 
uh, San Francisco Giants from like earlier in the decade is that 15 they made the playoffs, 17 they made the playoffs. This year they're making the playoffs. And those years in between, 2016 and 2018, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. So I'm wondering if, like, you know, if 2020 brings about, like, you know, an even year, if they're going to, like, fall back or if this is going to be a continued wave of success for them and that the Tribe have to make sure that they actually go out, spend a little bit this winter. I'm not saying they have to get, like, the top-of-the-line free agent, but, like, maybe, like, second-tier free agent who's still, like, very capable, uh, trying to think of a comparable name. Like, let's say, like, a... You know what? I'm not going to go with. I'm not going to go there. But let, let's just say they get like a good player gets like three to four WAR. That'd be someone who I would love to have. Yeah. Maybe. Look, I mean, okay. injuries are part of the game. Okay. I mean, everybody has them, and I don't think this season was a disappointment. I think it was disappoint. It, it it will be disappointing. That we're not in the playoffs. playoffs yeah, okay. That is true. It's not a disappointment. As Fitz said, they overcame a lot of injury. I mean, you hit. You didn't have your key. Star for what? First month, month yeah, and a half. Mo- yeah, month and a half, pretty much. Uh, Cy Young Award winner out almost the whole the whole year, basically. Okay, because he didn't he didn't really have a productive May. Got hurt. What May? End of May. End of May. Kluber. Kluber got. I think it was like I think it was like be- it was like middle Beginning, of May. Middle of May. Okay. Or yeah. So, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. Again, I would yeah. think disappointing. Not disappointment. I think Terry Francona's done a you know a phenomenal job. He's done a phenomenal job this whole um, time here. It's just it's just baseball. That's why that's what makes baseball so great, you know. And I think we'll get into this later. But With, uh, you know, Sheldon look at the two. On, look at yeah. the look at the first and second teams in payroll and where they're at. Yeah, out. Yeah, out both out. Both okay, out. Um, the lowest the lowest team in payroll. They're still fighting for a spot and looking pretty good right now. Yeah, Tampa Bay. So uh, that's what makes baseball great. And as far as next year, you know. Uh, Chicago's gonna. Chicago's getting a year older. Yeah. Chicago's got some sticks. I mean, they, Jose, they get some Abreu's, pitching. Con- Jose yeah. Abreu's contract's actually up uh, after this season. So I don't who think knows you need to get uh, Jose Abreu. Who, uh, I'm talking yeah. about the White Sox. The White Sox. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've got some sticks. Yeah. They got some young sticks. They, they're going to be. Tim they're going to be a factor. Good, you know? He's been a great player. Once their so pitching far. comes together, once they get yep. Kopech back, once the White Sox get a couple of their other pitchers up, and then get at least each one of them a year of experience. That next year is when I'm going to be worried. So I'm going to guess by 2021, I'm going to be sweating bullets. Yeah, 20. I think the Indians have two years left to compete for a World Series, and then once after 2021, I think our time might be a little bit over, and the rebuild will have to start know. after. I don't it depends. Know. It depends on Lindor because I don't think the Dolans are going to really give Lindor that big uh, contract that okay. he probably wants. Right. You know, so I, I think he'll probably go somewhere elsewhere. I mean, will, we can see what the talent some, we got. We I got think we have Jose a little bit longer. Yeah, Mercado sure. looks like a good player so far, and rookie year yep we'll see uh, who we we'll you know i mean we're gonna I, I don't think they're i don't think kipnis is back i don't they're think kipnis is back. I, am, I would not want to give him a I, option I, could, I would not want to give i don't him think the they're going to decline the option i think they can still yeah. bring him back at lower rate though I would, oh yeah i, I definitely could I but yeah, i mean I, will he take it you know, will i, I he think take he, like i think at this point if he, i think whatever the indians are going to offer him is going to be the best offer he gets i think he'll take it he'll be watching might be with the with the market uh the way it's what the way it's been lately so i just want there's one thing I want with the market this off season is that I want there to be spending throughout the off season. No more of this. We're going to wait you all out to the very end. I'm tired of it. Just hmm. give me at least like, oh, like even give me the winter meetings. Give me a ton of action during that time in the off season. Yeah, just yeah. give me like four days of just total all out blitzing action, and I'll be happy. All right. 
And oh. it's currently 1220 here in the BSR yeah, studios. No, I, I got a question from Michael really quick. Uh, Michael, yes, do you sir. remember the Cleveland Indians record in 1997, the year they were so close to winning the World Series? The record in that uh, Oh, season. yeah. The record was like, did they even get to 85 wins? It was 86 and 75. Yeah, yeah. They won the Central with that record, too. Yeah, yeah. They won yeah. the Central with 86 wins. <laughs> you just got to get into and the dance. They literally, the Yankees were like that top team that year, and we were able to beat them in the ALDS, and then went on the Baltimore, yeah, beat them. Nobody was expecting we anything were, that year. That year, they were so close at getting the World Series. You remember telling me the whole story about we even had the trophy in our locker room. Yeah, it was. And, it was. Yeah. It was in the locker room. That still blows my mind. The, mm-hmm. That one and uh, 2016. Uh, that one, they're just both like incredible. One, what really happened? The rain yeah, delay in 2016. Yeah. We were at. Uh, we couldn't yeah. believe it. That was. We that had was all tough. the momentum that was going in. That was yeah. tough. 2016 was tougher than 97 in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we were there, so yeah. that makes it tougher. By the way, before we go to break, uh, shout out to Richard Kozub for uh, some support here. Uh, thank you for tuning in and. Uh, I think it's about time we had to break, and when we come back, we'll be talking a little more national sports stuff. And, and we'll get into the Cleveland Browns, too. Don't yeah, forget for about sure. my Browns. Yeah, and we'll be discussing more Browns in the second hour as well, so tune in for that. Stay with us. Hey, listeners. Are you a current or new Kent State student interested in sports? From calling KSU sports games to writing articles and even having your own sports show? Then come and join the Black School Radio Sports Department. We meet weekly in Franklin Hall to discuss sports department happenings, planning our awesome fall Madden tournament and other events, and of course, talk sports. Knock it out of the park with the BSR Sports Department and keep it locked in on BlackSquirrelRadio.com. Welcome back to Pass the Mike Sports Talk with Fitz and Enzo here on BlackSquirrelRadio.com. We are now going to get into the segment on your Cleveland Browns. <laughs> All right, Browns uh, Sunday night loss uh, against the Rams uh, was just, you know, a winnable game pretty much for the Browns. They had chances to win. The defense pretty much kept us in, even with, like, Second string players playing yeah. secondary. I mean, too. it wasn't just you know just second stringers. They were like second stringers who stepped up with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Morgan Demary- Burnett, Harris Randall. Demary- they were all out. Your whole starting secondary was out during this game, and yet you kept the Rams to twenty points. The only thing that you know that you could say that the defense wasn't able to do was contain Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That trio is a very good trio. And then, of course, we saw a little bit of a flash of uh, last year with one of the drives that uh, led to a touchdown with Baker. Yeah, I remember that getting one. to the end zone. But passing it to Harrison I know the, the one thing zone. that people have been complaining about and that I think everyone needs to chill out is that Freddie Kitchens is still learning to deal with all the responsibilities of a head coach while at the same time calling the plays. I think we're going to be fine for people who are freaking out. So just relax and the famous words of Aaron Rodgers R E L A X relax mm. I mean I think like Freddie's play calling it's just hasn't been what we saw from him as an offensive coordinator half of last season it we haven't seen like similar plays or anything I think just defenses probably know what he's going to run or something that fourth and yeah, nine draw run was just that hasn't been stupid creative. it hasn't been like that creative what I Michael think said. I think if he really just takes a step back and goes back to what went well re- last year, I think that's going to be helpful. Honestly, here's a thought that I had last night. 
Rashard Higgins hasn't played the last week or well, two. He's been out the past. I know. I think weeks. Rashard Higgins is the guy that kind of brings everything together. It may sound weird, but when Higgins is in that lineup and he's got that rapport with Baker, you see passes going to him. You'll see passes going to Landry. You saw last year then yeah. to uh, Perriman. You'd have Chubb run a few plays. You'd have passes going all over. And if you now you have OBJ over Perriman, you have passes going to all that. I think if you get Rashard Higgins back in the lineup this Sunday. He's going to be a difference maker. And I know for people out there listening, it may sound really weird to say that, but he's the guy who's kind of like, he's like a glue support type of guy that you always kind of need. Like, I'm trying to think of a player like Matthew Slater of the Patriots on special teams. He's one of those guys who, like, he's underappreciated, but you know him because he's the guy who kind of supports that team and gives them what they need, that little critical edge. I mean, what about like, the like, Ken State alum up there in New England? Oh, yeah, Julian Edelman. Oh, yeah. He's Julian always been great. He's some good glue. He's Tom Bray's one of Tom Bray's top tar- targets now. I think he might be number one or number two with uh, Rob Gronkowski no longer playing. But with uh, Sean saying on the Browns, I really think Higgins really needs to be back. I think once we have Antonio Callaway in our game uh, next week against the 49ers, so hopefully Higgins will back. We'll have Landry and Odell. I think Landry and Odell will get open much more easier now. Same thing with uh, Higgins and Callaway. So I think our wide receiver core will be able to be what we wanted it to be when we find out we had Odell. We'll be that... Uh, guru offense team that won't be stopped. And I think we're, we're just seeing a better defense right now from the Browns than an offense. The you offense has that's... no sync at yeah, all. We'll see they are not, they don't that's... understand each other, how they're running. Yeah. He plays. And you think that's all with the receivers? That's not all with the receivers. receivers. I think the old line hasn't done well. They're letting yeah. Baker uh, get killed. Uh, Aaron Darnold I going disagree. after ba- Aaron, Baker. Aaron Darnold. Aaron Darnold. Aaron Darnold. And Clay Matthews the third, just getting to Baker too. So I yeah. just think And real quick, like congrats to Clay Matthews Jr. Hit okay. that applause. Hit that applause. Clay Matthews Jr., well deserved ring of honor. Congrats. And hopefully we yeah. get to see him in Canton this year. He was one of my favorites. He was one, one of my favorites growing up. Yeah. But I disagree with you on I think what did I say what did I say to start the season? What did I say uh, way this, back at the festival? Uh, what did I say was about it? the fans? fans? I said tap the brakes. That you did right? say it. that was before any game was played, any preseason game was played. The hype was getting you know too much, and I still think it's tap the brakes. We're you know we're three games in, and it's panic, and it's, but that's that's sports talk in a in a in a big in a big big league city. You know, um, I don't think the O line has played abysmal. I think a lot of it's fallen on Baker, and a lot of it's fallen on Freddie, where it yeah. should, because you know he's just he's just. He's he's escaping the pocket too yeah, quick. Just noticing how the O line was playing in that mm-hmm. one drive where Baker just charged them right down the field mm-hmm. versus the other drives. You saw Baker like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, two and a half. Yeah. He threw the ball and he got it out. Like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, and anything longer, he was rolling out. The clap yeah. it, pocket would collapse. That's where he started to struggle. You need to be able to let him get the quick throws, and then when you have that protection, when you draw out those protections where you have that extra blocking tight end to drop back and throw the deep ball. That's where you're going to have the most success. That's why I think Baker, going back a little bit more, Wishbone with Freddie Kitchens doing that and getting Jarvis more involved, getting Higgins the ball if he plays, OBJ, all of that stuff, and then you have Chubb running and getting some legs under him. You're going to be much better prepared this weekend for Baltimore than I think people are giving him credit yeah, for. Yeah, I think the, the Browns offense line, I mean, has given – they're not at the bottom of the as amount of time that the quarterback's given, right? They're, they're near the top. Yeah. Of the amount of seconds that the quarterback has to throw, I'm pretty not, sure I saw that. Yeah, stat. that's They're not definitely normal in the top for 10. most like Browns teams. The yeah. years past, yeah. but. so you know, they they win this weekend. It's you know, it's it'll be a big win, and you know they haven't really played well there. I mean, Baltimore has our number, but you know, 
it's time to it's time for the Browns to step up. I mean, what I have to say about the the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the teams they played. uh, So with Lamar Jackson, the teams he's played against their defense. He played against the Dolphins defense, Cardinals defense, and the Chiefs defense. Those three teams don't really have great defense compared to what I see from the Browns. Held them in check to a degree. I would say that. Uh, Lamar was kind of exposed a little bit against he the was, Chiefs. He was exposed. Because he, he was just he running that... the ball. He was running the ball mainly, and he had maybe about like 260 yards in the air. But you cannot convince me until he plays Pittsburgh, us, L.A., and Seattle that Lamar is a good-throwing quarterback. Yes, he can run. I agree with that. He can make some throws. But he played a better defense than the two college defenses. I keep saying Arizona and Miami are basically college defenses right now that you cannot tell me that Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback until then, and I will readily admit if he does well against all the teams I just said that he can be a franchise QB. Otherwise, for the moment, I will not declare him that. And what about the players of Ravens? Lamar? You don't think Lamar is a franchise? Not yet. He needs to perform better against good defenses. Steelers, Browns, mm -hmm. Seahawks, Rams. I I want to see how he does against those four. He played played some pretty good defenses last year. But he was but, running yeah, the ball. He, he wasn't he was passing. I'm ball, talking yeah. about the passing attack. Okay. That's what you mean. The passing attack. If he wants to be a true franchise QB, he needs to be able to pass. And I did not see as much of that against Kansas City. I did not either. I saw him running for a touchdown too. But uh, with the Ravens, they also lost a lot of key players on the defensive side of the ball in free agency last year. So it'll be different for Baker when he comes in to Baltimore than it was at the end of the season. They don't yeah. have C.J. Mosley anymore. They Terrell still have, a, they still have a formidable front line. They, they do. Uh, Darius Smith, he's gone. Eric Weddle, there he's gone. So, but they did bring in Earl Thomas. They did bring in Earl Thomas. That's the only uh, positive on the Ravens' defense. So, I think Baker will have a much better game uh, against the Ravens than he did at the end of last season. He did play good. He, he had but a pretty he did good game. He only lost by two last year. Lost by two. So we'll have to see how the the offense performs. Uh, see how much uh, we run with Nick Chubb. Uh, see how Odell does, Jarvis. So I think this is a winnable game for the Browns. I think it'll be kept close pretty much. So, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully the Browns walk out of Baltimore uh, with a W. And I hate Baltimore than I do than I do hate Pittsburgh. I think that's the opposite because I, I hate Baltimore more hmm. than Pittsburgh. I think uh, I know my dad. He was he, he was. Bo- Oh, we're going to put all right. You want you want to put one? No, 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 right. no. But not. I was always saying, my dad growing up, you know, he like loathed the Steelers, like the Browns moving to Baltimore. Sure, it hurt, but when I asked him last year, like right before the game between uh, the Browns and Ravens, I'm like, who do you want to like? If you had to choose one, who'd you rather see? When he said the Ravens, because uh. the Steelers to him, like us as younger people, I think we still hate the Steelers, but we. I don't know. There's just like this I think, weird dynamic. I just hate Ravens. Baltimore co- Baltimore more because that one point that was the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but and Art Modell sold sold them to Baltimore, and you know we saw that team win he, two he, Lombardis. He took them to two Baltimore. Lombardis yes, that could have been ours. He moved them. Two, he didn't sell moved. them to Baltimore. Well, he might have. You may have not gotten the second one, but I think the first one might have been the realm of possibility because yeah. the second one there's so many factors, especially like players yeah. who are wanting to move to different places, maybe not Cleveland, but really just it's kind of weird to think like. People would rather hate the Ravens more over the Steelers than the Steelers over the Ravens, vice versa. It's vice versa around and much, but we both still don't like yeah. to see these team wins. Even though during this uh, past century, the Steelers and Ravens have been the better teams in the AFC North, and the Browns have been the past last century, Enzo? Century is 100 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah but the last, we're talking decades. That's yeah, we're talking decades. Not century. Not century. I know what I'm talking about. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, what's a yeah, century? Century's 100 like, years. Okay. Yeah. 
Are you buying any of that uh, 100 year like merch that they got like with like no. the 100 year thing? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if you're looking no. to buy into some merch, hey folks, did you know that Blackstar Radio sells station merch? Well, we do. We have several different types of T-shirts, stickers, pins, record bowls, and more. Check out our merchandise via our website, BlackStarRadio.com. You can find the shop link in the top corner of our site. Stay tuned and show everyone you are nuts for BSR by buying all your favorite station merch. Yeah. All right, so you want to get hey, Speaking of merch, do you guys – I heard all the barking when we went into this segment. Yeah. You guys both know where the where the dogs came from? Yeah, those uh, safeties of oh – I have it in my head. Do you, fit? Is it Eric – Oh, Eric, I, I think Eric I had it. I'm, one of them? I'm struggling no. with him too. It, no, oh, oh my, dude! I literally it. have it at the top of my head. You got it. I, I got literally, it. and I'm. They're, they're two defensive backs. Two defensive backs. I remember. The 1980s. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Dude, gosh. I have it. I, oh, Eric, this is like giving me a oh headache now. Like, I feel H H D F M. H D. Oh my gosh. Those are their initials. Oh, and I know what. Oh my, and I just can't think. Top dog. Top dog. Oh my gosh. Hanford. Hanford Dixon. Oh, Frank. Frank, oh man, Minifield. Frank Minifield. That oh, was, I was thinking that Eric Minifield. That last one killed me. Oh, that one killed mm-hmm. me. But wanted, I remember those two were the sure. ones that started the dog pound. I remember yeah, that. They started That's the barking, thing. and then it took off, and they started the barking, and then the fans and the dog bones. That's how it all. Just, just wanted to throw in that little tidbit of history there. That's a, a good history note mm-hmm. by uh, Michael right there. Uh, right the on. Starting of the dog pound, one of the best uh, fans in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. We've gone through so much losing. We're still with our team, no matter what uh, happens to us, even if we go 0-16. Sure. So it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, I remember, Sean, you had a good take on the Miami Dolphins and uh, their uh, terrible season. Oh, right yeah. Now. So I think it may – I don't know if you and Brandon discussed this last week, but what? Uh, real quick, we, I'll get this in while you we'll get, uh, get this in. Call. Uh, caller on the Orlando Baking Hotline right now is Sheldon Oker. But basically, the Miami Dolphins are the only perfect team in NFL history. What happens if they become the imperfect team as well? I mean, that would be kind of like, it would just be pure irony. I All love right. it. All right, we have uh, Sheldon uh, on the air. Uh, Sheldon, are you on the air You on the air right now? Uh, I don't know. That's we, up to yep, you guys. We, yep, we can hear him. How's <laughs> it going, Sheldon? <laughs> hey, Sheldon. It's Michael. How you doing? Hey, Sheldon. It's Fitz. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we also got, uh, we got Tony. Tony. We got Tony in the studio. In studio. Oh boy! Uh, should we put him on? No, 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 no. no, no. We can, <laughs> we, we can. No, Come no, on, no. give him a second. Give him a second to talk. All right. Hey. Hey, Sheldon, how you doing? They, they got me here in jail. This guy. <laughs> okay, that's enough out that's of Papu. Enough. <laughs> that's enough out of him. So we were just uh, talking the Browns uh, right now and uh and their uh, performance on Sunday night, uh, looking into the game against the Ravens right now. So how do you feel about the Browns uh, going into Baltimore this week? Well, uh, reality is now, after all the, uh, you know, practically a whole year of hype that wasn't particularly uh, realistic, uh, now we see that uh, the Browns are not a perfect team. uh, They have some star players. But you can have five or six star players, but it's the other sixteen guys on the on the who are in the game on offensive defense that make the difference. And the the one thing that makes the most difference is whether you have a good offensive line. And uh, it looks like the Browns are lacking there. Now I know they had one injury, but uh, even even if uh, their regular right guard had played, I think uh, this is 
this is an offensive line that's going to struggle. I think they'll get better as the season goes on, but I don't know if they'll get better enough uh, that they're going to have consistent running plays and that they, and that they can protect Baker Mayfield consistently. Uh, I mean, we, we saw uh, some breakaway runs uh, that kind of padded padded the uh, stats a little bit, but there was a lot of runs that didn't gain any yards or even lost yards, and uh, it just shows that the line can't run block consistently and certainly didn't protect Baker Mayfield very well. So uh, I think that's the number one problem. Uh, number two problem is uh, I think that uh, Freddie Kitchens is a rookie uh, head coach, and rookies make mistakes. I don't care if they're rookie players. <clears throat> our rookie coaches are going to make mistakes and uh, we're not going to know for at least a year or more whether Freddie Kitchens is a legitimate uh, head coach in the NFL and can be effective. Uh, one thing, and I don't think many head coaches can do this, is call their own plays. There's too many other things for a coach to do on the field. And one thing is just the logistics. If you've ever, ever stood on the field of a football game, you can't see what's going on. Uh, it's very hard to to, to tell uh, who's doing what and where, and that's why coaches sit up in the press box uh, and uh, and look down and, and have a much better view of what's going on. So somebody up there has to communicate to Freddie, uh, and that that's another step and takes a few more seconds. Uh, and I don't know the exact process that they have for for uh, calling a play. But to me, uh, there's very few coaches, uh, especially in the NFL, that on that level, that can stand on the sidelines and call plays. And the head coach has other things he has to think about. And I think it's clear that uh, that at some point, Freddie probably needs to give that up. No, he's not going to do it now. Probably not going to do it for the rest of the year. And maybe he'll never give it up. I don't know. <clears throat> but Sheldon, it's probably uh... something he should do. Sheldon, I don't know how much you've been following along, but uh, I know I've seen a lot of Browns fans with the O-line on, on Twitter saying they'd love to see them uh, grab uh, Trent Williams over from uh, Washington. He's their left tackle. He's holding out right now due to uh, just some disagreements with uh, the staff and the organization. Uh, do you think it's necessary to trade for Williams, uh, and do you think it will happen? Well, uh, well I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, maybe. I... I uh... You know, there's serious questions about Robinson on a left tackle. So, uh, you know, maybe Robinson could play right tackle. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure he can play left tackle. Uh, if Williamson, uh, I assume he'd be a big upgrade. Uh, I, I guess uh, the Browns have cap room. Uh, I don't know what it would cost them. Uh, they, the Browns are, are not a... Uh, perfect team yet uh, well, I mean there is no perfect team but right. they, they're they're not a team with a lot of depth I mean they can't afford to uh, trade a lot of draft choices either because they still need those but it might be worth uh, might be worthwhile to, to see what a trade would uh, cost them for Greg Williams uh, but you know I just don't know uh, you have to balance all these things and you have to balance what you can do this year 
and whether it's more important to do something now or to prepare a year from now or two years from now. I mean, you can't build, you don't build a team in a year or two. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah. Or during, or and, during the season. I mean, in the NFL, it, it, a team can change in the matter of just two seasons. Like you can go from good to worse or worse to good. And it really just depends on who you have at quarterback for the most part. Or if you're well, uh, in Sha- or if you're a Sean McVay. Well, it, that's fine. I mean, if you have you, number one, you have to have a quarterback. But the quarterback doesn't solve any problems on defense. For example, true. If you have a bad true. defense. Quarterback doesn't help that unless you can outscore somebody forty. He can he can score forty points a game. Basically, last but, year's Chiefs team, right? <laughs> eh, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and. Uh, uh, they ended up not winning the Super Bowl, so <clears throat> they came awfully uh, close, though, or at least they came did, close to but, getting there. You know, I, I'm sure the general manager is thinking, "Well, we, I had to do some things in the offseason, and they did." Uh, the Browns uh, are going to have still have things to do in the offseason, whether they get Greg Williams or not. And uh, the the problem is that their team was so overhyped, and the expectations are so. Uh, beyond reality, and that's the way Browns fans are anyway. Oh yeah, uh, and this was this is even worse. I mean, uh, when Baker Mayfield got sacked or in the first game or threw a pass that uh, an inaccurate pass, they you know I don't know what what um, some of these Browns fans did. They probably. I don't know. They'd probably get divorced. <laughs> Lost yeah. their minds. Oh, exactly. Someone did burn oh, on yeah. Brown's care, which was stupid. But yeah. and part of this really. is the part of this is the media's fault because the media never really tried to try to get back to reality either, and uh, uh, they didn't uh, they didn't try to temper this no yeah. at all. Yeah. So part of it's their fault, and uh, and now you have a situation where. Uh, you know the Browns could very go very well go one and four in their first five games. Sure, I mean, this sure. it was a this schedule. People made the schedule didn't do them any favors. Mm-mm. And then uh, you know then it's then the fans turn on the team and well it's the same old Browns and yeah. you know <laughs> Baker Mayfield get him out of here. I made oh, a tweet you know, on that. Freddie Kitchens yeah. and yep. get rid of the general manager. And yeah. Yeah. I tweeted and out the other things. day to have fans stop being negative, Nancy's. I was tired of seeing all that stuff on my timeline, and I finally had some people saying like "Amen" and agreeing with that. So right. that made me feel a little bit better. All right, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, you know, I, 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 I said before you called in. I mean, that was one of the things I said uh, back at our show from yeah, the festival yeah. show, and was the, that the Browns fans need to tap the brakes and. You know, it, it wasn't happening. Well, that, it was, it that was, ain't gonna happen. No, no, no it's never <laughs> no. because number one, they have something positive. I mean, every, you know, the anticipation was it was probably more than the anticipation of them returning in 1999. Probably was because they everybody thought you know 1999 it was expansion team. You know, well they knew that team wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna good. be very good. Exactly. They were just happy to have the team. Happy to have the team back. But this year, yeah, I mean, it is it's it's through the roof, and uh, you know, I mean. I, I'm amazed, you know, just, just let's, you know, I mean, they're calling for Freddie Kitchens is, you know, not call the plays. I know it's very difficult, but let's just see how the season, you know, maybe he's one of those guys that can do it. We're only three games in, but it's, it is, I think the, it's the fans and the media together. Perfect quagmire. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's only so many things you can do during the season and, right. and they need a season to have all these guys play together and see what happens. 
you need a season for Freddie Kitchens to learn a little bit more about how to be a head coach. Yep, yep. And maybe he's going to be a good head coach. Maybe he's not. Yep. But uh, there's really no way to know right now. Not after three games, no. You're not going to know. Yep. Hey, Sheldon, as sort of a segue here, uh, we have a poll of the day, and we were asking people on our social media if you're hitting – basically the question is, are you hitting the panic button on the Browns yet? And yes, no, or it's kind of too early to tell are the three options. What would you say uh, is what well, you're feeling I, right now? I, I don't exactly know what that means when people say that. If you do, if when you hit the panic button, what what do you do? I mean, what do you do? I mean, I've done it plenty of times with the okay, Indians in the postseason. You, does that mean you give up? That means you're like, it's more like time. It's more like rather like gotta fix something. Yeah, you gotta like fix that. something. Like I remember the Indians in 2017 when we were like down against the Yankees when the Yankees tied with us. I was saying the panic button on the Indians in that game. I'm like, they gotta figure it out, and they mm. they ended up not. So, but okay. the Browns, I think it's too early. Okay. Well, I mean. When you hit the panic button, what do you do? You mean you fire everybody and you? No, you wouldn't every fire everybody, and... but you try to make some like drastic thing, like a, make a big trade to try and like supplement no. the. And I don't think we need to do that. No. Yeah. So no, would, you, would you say like yes, you're hitting the panic button? No, you're not, or it's just too early to tell whether well, or not no, to I mean, do anything. First of all, you never do that. <laughs> uh, you you make you try to make some adjustment adjustments during the season, but. You, you don't do anything crazy. Uh, if you do, then you need to switch general managers or owners or something. Exactly. Uh, because there's there's only there's only so much you can do during a season. I mean, you got 22 starting players plus a punter and a, and a place kicker, and you have special teams players that that have you know certain uh, values. Uh, that, well, not just value, but they do specific things. They only, they might only do one thing, but uh, but you need that one thing. And uh, you know, there, there's so many different kinds of players, and they do so many different jobs. You can't you can't switch them all out in one season. So uh, I, if that's what hitting the panic button means, then not, you should never hit the panic button. All right, okay, uh, Sheldon, uh, we kind of want to talk about the uh, Indians really quick, too, and uh, we are currently now uh, one and a half out of the wild card spot after last night's loss to the White Sox. So if the Indians don't make a playoffs, what are your thoughts on this whole 2019 season? Well, uh, number one, the Indians made a really bad mistake by not bolstering their lineup before the season started. I mean, they did not have a major league lineup when the season started. Uh, it got better because they got Mercado. It got better because uh, Jose Ramirez, after uh, the last two months of 2018 and the first two or three months of 2019 of, of completely forgetting how to hit, he's, he came back and they, Jason Kipnis got better, and uh, they got Puig and Reyes and and all that. So they <clears throat> ended up with a respectable lineup, but this is still not a lineup that's good enough to win a division title. Uh, they need to uh, they need to get a better bullpen. The only reason their bullpen was effective was because of Terry Francona and the way he used those guys, <clears throat> the way he matched them up. Except for the kid they just brought up, uh, what's his name? Oh, Carson Car- or something. Car- 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a guy with a with a, a really good arm. They have a lot of veterans who know how to pitch, mm-hmm. and that they're okay against you know average hitters. But when they play in Minnesota or Chicago or New York or Boston or Houston, those teams, uh, the bullpen doesn't look nearly as good. And uh, they they need to get uh, two or three guys with who can throw 95, 98. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't feel to, comfortable with uh, Adam Simber closing out against the Astros. No, uh, no right, or uh, even pitching the fifth inning. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think Simber's still young, though. I think he's still got time to develop. But you have a potential fireball closer in the guy they brought up. I cannot spell his last name. But like that James K dude that they brought can, up. Can it, can it well, talk? I saw him pitch. I saw him pitch an act one time. Uh, he now he he his command was was much better, and when they brought him up, but in the minors he's had problems with walking too many guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Now he didn't have enough of. A, we haven't seen him enough to know if that if that's going to be a problem or not yet. But that that's been his difficulty is is throwing strikes. And uh, bullpen guys especially can't walk walk guys. So we'll have to see how he does with that next year. But uh, they need about three guys like him. And uh, I think uh, hand will be okay. I think he just hit two or three bad outings and it got in his head. I don't think he had a tired arm or whatever they called it. Uh, he had a tired head and... Uh, and he'll get over that. He's a veteran, and he'll be fine. But they, uh, they, I would say they need at least three relievers and three hitters because uh, I don't think they're going to uh, go after Puig, and I'm not sure they should. Uh, yeah, I really don't. He reminds, he reminds me of Jose Canseco. <clears throat> oh, wow. That's, wow that's, I, I don't Puig reminds you of Jose Canseco. In, in this respect. All right. Uh, Cansego had so much ability that the game came easy to him, and he never worked at it, and he never took it seriously. And Puig's kind of the same way. <clears throat> and those guys yeah. don't win for you when when, when games really count. Uh, they don't. Uh, you, you can't count on them. I think and, Puig is uh, just really trying to have fun. I don't see. I understand like the game does come easy to him, but he's just trying to have fun. Well, because of where he came from, like it was, it was not a happy. <clears throat> well, no, time. he's trying to have fun because the game is easy to him, so yeah, it is that's fun. Pretty much why that's it's the easy, way it's Canseco fun. was. I saw Canseco was playing right field one time, and I can't remember who hit the ball <clears throat> for the Indians, but a uh, fly ball bounced off his head. Oh yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about at a municipal stadium. Yep. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And, and he thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and after the game, he was joking around about it in his own clubhouse, and the other guys got mad at him. He said, you gave up a home run. What are you, what's so funny about that? You know, and we lost the game. I mean, and I think Puig is, has something of that uh, same mentality. Yeah, that's an intriguing that analogy. Intriguing. I like yeah, that. I mean, that Canseco uh, highlight is still known as one of the best MLB bloopers of all time. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe the best. Yeah, well, you don't see that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that happened earlier to Detroit this year where they had, like, two guys for two it. Guys. I think it went off their gloves or something. Something like that. They flipped it up for, like, a home run instead of catching <laughs> it. Yeah, but not off the head. No. Yeah. Well, I've seen I've seen balls bounce. You know, that guy leaps for the ball and bounces off his glove and it goes over the fence. I mean, you know, sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. But yeah. when a ball bounces off their head and it bounces 30 feet, over the fence, that's a little different story. Yeah. All right, Sheldon, thanks for calling on to today's show. We love having you on. Hall of Famer, Sheldon Oker, former Indians beat reporter for the Akron Beacon Journal on Pass the Mike Sports Talk. Thanks, Sheldon. You guys have a good day. Thank you. Thank All right. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we'll be right back with more Pass the Mike Sports Talk after this break. Welcome. Oh, that is out now. Uh, check that out. We will be getting into our NFL Pick'em Next, Drunk of the Week, and I think Wacky Sports, too. Yes. So we'll be right back with Pass the Mike Sports Talk. Stick with us. And Pass the Mike Sports Talk is back, and it's time to get into one of my favorite segments. But It's the second favorite, actually, but it is now time for Week 4 NFL Pick'em. And we got Thursday Night Football on tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on Aaron Rodgers. But and before the we do that, Packers. though, what? we should do a little bit of a record keeping from this past oh, week. Oh yeah, we should. So I wasn't on last week, but from our first week, we're only counting with me, Michael, and Enzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here are the picked results from the first week. I am twelve and four and in the lead. I started five and zero until the Vikings. Dang it, Q, and dang it, Cousins. Also, Enzo is nine and seven, and Mike is eight and eight. Oh my gosh, I am better at Michael at something when it comes to betting. <laughs> He's got there the lead in my it's ice only cream one bed. week. Yeah, it's only one. All week. right, so with that said, bet. let's go to Eagles and Packers. Who we got here? And I'm going to get the pick first to Michael. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers at home. You can take the Packers. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers too. I just think Aaron Rodgers will be able to perform better. The Eagles are pretty much banged up, mostly on their O line, so I, I have to go with Green Bay. I want to pick the Eagles, but give me the Packers. Hmm. That's what okay. I said. I like the Eagles, but I don't think it's your week against Aaron Rodgers. So let's get in the first one o'clock game: Titans at Falcons. Who do you got, Sean? Falcons. Michael. I'm going to go with Atlanta at home. Uh, I think they're just uh, in a little better space right now than the Titans. Uh, I'll go with Atlanta, too, uh, as we'll move on to the next game. Uh, The Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills, two undefeated teams in the AFC East. One of them has been dominating much longer. The other is just on this some hype train with the Bills Mafia. Upset alert! Upset (laughs) alert! Give me the Bills! Give me the Bills! Bills Mafia! All right, Michael, who do you got? I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Packers. Oh, I mean the Packers. Pa- I'm sorry, the <laughs> Patriots. The Patriots. What are you doing, you junkie? Uh, as yeah. much as I like the Buffalo Bills, as much as I think Josh Allen's gonna be a great quarterback, uh, I'm gonna have to stick with the goat Tom Brady and go with the Patriots in this one. <laughs> All right, New England <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, next game we'll have Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs travels to the Motor City to take on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Michael, who do you have in this game? You know, uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the home team Lions, the laydowns. He's going now with Detroit. Yeah, give, Sean, give me the Chiefs. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this one too. Next game, uh, John Gruden and his Oakland Raiders take on the Indianapolis Colts. This is going to be a close one, I think, a lot closer than people think. Give me the Colts just because I think Jacoby Brissett and Marlon Mack can get it done. I'm gonna have to go with the Colts too. Yeah, I don't like a uh, I don't like a West West Coast team coming across for a one o'clock start, so I'm going to take the Colts. 
All right, next game, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the 0-3 Miami Dolphins. Also known as the Dolphins. Give me the Chargers. Michael? Yeah, I think we're going to be unanimous here. I'm going to take the Chargers. Chargers, too. Uh, next, uh, the Washington Redskins taking on the New York Giants. Daniel Jones makes his second start as an NFL quarterback. Oh, is, I'm going to let you two go first. I'm going to go with the Giants. I don't think the Redskins are good at all. They're they're just as bad as the Dolphins. Uh, I disagree there. I'm taking I'm taking the Redskins. It's a division game, and no Saquon Barkley. I think they're going to make uh, life miserable for uh, for Mr. Daniel Jones. Give me Washington. Yep. Washington. All right. Next, our uh, Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens uh, in Baltimore. Who do you got, Sean? Give me my brownies. Give me my brownies. They're Michael. going to get the W. Michael. They will get the W. How do you feel about our Browns? You know, I, f- I, f- I feel good about them. I think uh, I think I'll take the Browns too. I think I'll I take feel the good about our Browns too. Clean I have big sweep. expectations on our defense. Hopefully, our offense does a little bit better job. And I don't think Lamar Jackson can really handle the pressure of Miles Garrett coming at him. So I'm going to go with the dog pound right here. As next game, one o- last one o'clock one, Panthers at Texans. Ooh, this is a tough one for me. I really want to pick the Panthers, but I think uh, you long- can. I, I I want to, but I think the Texans are just going to edge it out. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Texans in this one. I think they're just better overall than the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers still have Christian McCafferty. I'm going to be kicking myself if I don't get this pick right. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Texans. Uh, you got Romeo Cornell against a rookie quarterback. Uh, no match. <laughs> oh, man, that's a blast from the past right. name right there. All right, 4 o'clock games now. He's still their D coordinator, right? Yeah, he still is. Yeah. Four o'clock games now. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm gonna have to go with the Rams. Give me the Rams. Uh, I'm gonna take the Rams too. All right. Next four o'clock game. Uh, NFC West divisional round game. Uh, divisional round. No divisional game. Uh, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. It'll be interesting to see Russell Wilson go up against Kylo Murray. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think, but I think the Seahawks just narrowly edge this out. Yeah, Arizona always plays the Seahawks tough, uh, whether it's uh, at home or away. And um, uh, okay, I'm gonna side. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks, but I think this will be a very close game. All right, I'm gonna go with Seattle too. Um, so next game, uh, Minnesota Vikings going to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, Michael, who do you have in this one? Vikings Bears. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Purple People Eaters. Vikings. Like Sean. I'll let you go first on this one. All right. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings on this one. Shout I feel like you. if I don't pick the Vikings, they're going to hurt me. If I do pick them, they're going to hurt me. I don't know. Uh, I'm If I'm forced to pick one right now, I am going to go with the Bears. Bears. He's going with the Bears. All right. Uh, next, four, 4 o'clock game. The Bears. Jacksonville Jaguars at Denver Broncos. I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars in this one. Jags. I'm going to take the home team, uh, Broncos. It's going with the Broncos. And Mile Rookie high. quarterback on the road. All right. Uh, next, uh, primetime game, uh, Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater doing a great job as the Saints quarterback for uh, Drew Brees, who's out. This is a tough one for me, actually. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? Hashtag who that? Give me the taking, Saints. He's giving the Saints. Michael, who do you got, Cowboys or Saints? The Cowboys aren't going to stay undefeated all year. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think I think Bridgewater's gonna play a good game at home. 
I, I think I'll have to go with the Saints too. Uh, I mean, Bridgewater, he's been a proven NFL talent. So I think this uh, what he's doing with the Saints could get him a starting position on another team next season. So we all go in Saints here? Yeah, we all go in Saints. Uh, then last, we got Monday Night Football. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Give me the Steelers in this one. Uh, I just think the Bengals are going to be the worst team in the AFC North for a while now. I so want to call a tie on this one, but I can't. Give me the Steelers as much as I, I hate know. to say I, it. We don't know oh. like saying it. I, like, I'm so torn on this game. Like, I feel like Dalton and Ross can do some damage, and along with Tyler Boyd, I'm just, oh. This is the one. Yeah, game this is I, a tough one because they, they they never seem to to, to play well um, in uh, in Pittsburgh. But uh, all right, I'm going to go with the Steelers yeah, also. These teams so. do have some history between each other in the recent past. Sure, they're in the same division. Same bad, same, yeah. I know that, but like playoffs. This is know, one game playoffs. I'd even like yeah. to discuss a little further. Like this feels like it's more even on paper because of Mason Rudolph, but also at the same time, I don't feel like the Steelers defense is going to dominate. Like. This is the game I cannot get a read on at all for this week. No, and the Bengals have played some tough teams. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've played Seattle on the road. They played Buffalo. They played Buffalo. Yeah. On the road or was that it was, at home? it was on the road. And then who did Buffalo. they lose to at home? That was their that was their worst loss. That was their worst loss. I think was that the game where Andy Dalton threw for like four hundred yards? Like Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. That's a very good Group and then you've got the Steelers defense, you know, got Minka and then Mason Rudolph has looked Oh, they played decent. Seattle. And then Minka Fitzpatrick helps uh, make that defense a little bit better in uh, Squealer land. I don't know who to go with here. Like, I'm going with the Squealers right now, but it's just like, like, this is the first game, like, I have not been able to get a true read on. I'm truly torn between this one and also, I guess, the Vikings-Bears. That blowout at home for Cincinnati was against the 49ers. (coughs) 49ers, right. The Browns have the 49ers uh, Monday night next week. So, so uh, geez. The, Bengals is, have, the Bengals have played some pretty good teams. They have. They played Seattle. They played 49ers. I mean, you know, undefeated. And they, they played the teams only have one loss. I know. So. Also, shout-outs to Anthony McCurry, Adam Cola, Mitch Andrus, Nick Opencar, uh, Daniel Humphrey, and Greg Jashanik. we got some nice listeners tuning in today. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Thank you so much. The NFL Countdown presented by ESK Landscaping for all your landscaping needs visit esklandscaping.com. So that is week four pick em for Pass the Mic. Sweet. I feel great about my picks. Hopefully I'm still alive in your pool. I hope went with, so. I went with the Rams. I'm not rooting for you. Oh, you like <laughs> me? Oh, he doesn't no, want me. Would, why would I root for you? Yeah, I exactly. You. Wow. Like, yeah, why I would you, yeah, you want Enzo out because yeah. he's your biggest threat probably, right? No. I mean, a lot no? Of, I've been, oh, making, smart, I've been no. making smart picks in the pool. How far, how far have you gotten in the last few years? I think the farthest ever gone was like week six. Yeah. I picked the Chiefs. That's not against a threat. The, I picked the not Chiefs against. I remember I picked the Chiefs <laughs> against the Bears, and, the, and of course Andy Reid had the blow it mm-hmm. against the Bears. Yeah. You blew it. We have the hockey. Do it. We blew it. We have it. We have it. Page three. Right, do page it. Page three. Always on page three. You it. Yes. There we, go. we finally have it. <laughs> oh boy. But I think it's now time to get into a. Uh, segment that we all love here at Pass the Mic. We just had the man, the myth, the legend in our studio at Black Score Radio, the great all-time. What are you doing, Drunky? There he was, live. There, there you go. There He's he outside. Was. He's outside right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he just went to the bathroom, but Drunky of the Week. What are you we'll, doing, we'll Drunky? There it is. All right. Michael, since you're in studio today, I want you to go first on your Drunky. Oh, yeah. It was real easy, real easy for me. Um 
I had a tie, although I'll give it to one other team. Um, my drunkie of the week is the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox for being 1-2 and MLB payroll and both missing the playoffs. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Exactly. Exactly. So fly that L flag all year long up in Chicago. Lose, Cubs, lose. Lose, Cubs, lose. Cubs, lose. There you go. You're not winning this year. Just lose, mm-hmm. Cubs, lose. That uh, was poorly written pretty, and executed, but it was worth it. It was a good song. Right. It was a good song. Uh, lose, <laughs> it's Cubs, off the lose. Go, Cubs, Go. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like we, they, they got so obnoxious. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, and you know who else got obnoxious? The freaking Astros. I know they're winning, but they have lost all sense of humility with their fan base down there. Hmm. Hmm. Like, they have lost all sense of humility. Okay. I, I mean, okay. I mean that. Like, once right. they won that World Series, they were, like, they were like good. And then it was just like, oh, now you guys are just snobs. I mean, they do have good talent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They have one of the best starting rotations yeah, in the American Like, not League. to discredit that, but, like, their fan base is just snobs. I now. think they're going to walk to the World Series. I think, I think it'll be either them or the Yankees in the AL. I will not discount the Twins. I will not do that. I don't know. I don't want to see the Twins I'll make book, it far. I'll book the Astros. I'd rather right see now. them over the Yankees or Astros, to be honest. Rather... I mean, I bet I don't want to see the Yankees win 28 rings. No. Just imagine how worse their fan base will get. They're already Heck bad no. now. Like, now those where's put... the hell to the knock? Give me that one. I want that one. You want that hot one? Yeah, held to the knock. Don't... Hell no. <laughs> to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Yeah, don't. No, no. No, I'm not letting that happen. I will make sure I intervene personally with my little connections and make sure it doesn't happen. Pull the strings behind the Oh, string. you got some strings behind the back. Uh, oh, oh, wait, did I reveal too much? Oh, no, I got to run to mine. All right. So, all right, that was Michael's Drunkie of the Week. Uh, mine, it will have to be uh, Freddie Kitchens. And uh, I'm not saying saying that he's a bad coach or anything. Just recently, the some of the play calling I have not been happy about with uh, with Freddie, especially that fourth and nine uh, draw run uh, against the Rams on Sunday night. Uh, I also think he's not doing a good job with discipline on the uh, NFL players, um, with the players he has. I mean, too many penalties still. We lead the league in penalties. I am really just had enough of the penalties from the Browns. It's just gotten out of hand, and they need to control the penalties down. I mean, you got the Ravens next week. We know how good they are. Uh, and I just really just think Freddie needs to do a good job of just getting the players ready for the game, making sure, you know, these guys know what happens, know not to do anything stupid, or just penalties in general are just bugging me. And I think it comes down to coaching when it comes to just too many penalties. Yeah. Sometimes one, two, or three penalties are okay. But sometimes, just when you have that much as the Browns have, it is. I'd much uh, rather see more of the false start penalties than all these holding yeah, and holding, roughing the, roughing the passer. Even some, there were some bad penalties in that yeah. game. I, I remember. mean, I, I still feel like all the calls against the Browns are kind of like ticky tacky. Like I want that to stop. Like that's maybe that's just me wearing the rose colored glasses to quote my dad on something there. But uh, but my drunkie, uh, my drunkie of the week are the Iowa State students. From what you mentioned earlier about that story. I am still I'm still not over that. Like the fact that that happened, it should not have even been allowed to happen. Like how do you let a marching band from your rival school have one of their like female members cornered and assaulted? It's not cool. And you have other people getting pushed, you have sexual assault, sexual physical and verbal abuse 
that's not cool. That is the definition of a drunkie, and I will bet. That is true. I will bet money that there were some drunk people in that crowd. Oh, there bet. probably was. You're at a college like, football game. Yeah, yeah. but like the, those people are my drunkies of the week. I mean, those are some good drunkies you have. I mean, sometimes verbal assault, it, it happens a lot at some sporting events. Yeah. It, it, we, we've seen it mostly in football, mainly. Yeah, but this is this is just something else. This is something else, and I think uh, we need to get into uh, one of Sean's favorite segments, uh, yes! Wacky Sports. About time we did some wacky sports on Pass the Mic. All right, so this one's a little bit of a different one in that it may seem a little more common than uh, you might think, but this one is called... It's, it goes by two different names. There's German and Italian Longsword. And I got the link for you to look at it on YouTube. But essentially, with the with the sport as it works, it's not like fencing, but they use dull, blunted blades that like you're just swan, trying to swing at your opponent and get a hit on them, almost like fencing. But at the same time, these blades are still enough to cut you. And also, I saw a video, I don't know if it's this one, where someone cut the top of the helmet... And, like, they cut into the helmet and almost hit the person in the head, which could have resulted in, like, them having their skull, like, cut. Like, it is dangerous, but it's also, like, wacky in the sense that this kind of stuff is still around. But also, it's it still has competitions going on for it, like, even with how dangerous it can be. Like, it is, like, these are, like, real swords, just, like, not as sharp as, like, you know, a really, really good one can be. Yeah, I'm just watching the video right now of the one you sent me. Uh, the swords don't look sharp at all. I mean, they kind of look like they're not really a metal. I don't know what they're really made out of. Um, it does look similar to fencing. It is metal. It is metal, it is and metal. it can sometimes be also a hard plastic. Hard plastic. That's what it looks like in the video I'm watching, a hard plastic. Um, would definitely say this is a uh, sport. Um, it, it just seems like this is such a European thing to do just having like yeah. sword fights and stuff because that's how yeah, these were the is. two countries i found them to be most prevalent in uh, i want to give a shout out to josh uh, Durer for introducing me to this one because i did not know about this prior to especially uh the clip where uh there's some more like dramatic clips too where they've done like dramatic like filmed contests and also just like one where they literally like if you if you're watching the video still like you see the helmet on top of one of them like with the like more metal ones, they've been able to crack through literally the top of the helmet. Yeah, like I, right there, like they could have almost cracked through the helmet if they hit. And hard are those enough. like the same helmets in like fencing? Because that's how. It no, looks I like. think these are harder because these of material. On oh, the material, okay. Yeah, because fencing is more like a wire mesh with like a yeah. decent like size on the back. So like you're with fencing, you're trying to aim for the body. Yeah, aim for the body. Like with this, like you're aiming for about anywhere that you can get. So it's just basically anywhere you gotta hit them. At least, like there, I'm. I assume there's some rules that I have not been covered yet. But like longsword, here's some of the rules that they have. Uh, sorry about that. I've been a little bit under the weather, so I'm trying to get my voice out as much as possible. But some of the, uh, it's like really evolved over the years because there's been different types of like swords. Like you've had your like regular swords. And it's got just like a super long history dating back so many years. It's I would be doing it injustice by not by trying to cover so much of it. But basically, like you're trying to get your opponent, like hit him in the spots in order to win the contest. And it's not just like you know one hit and you're done. It's just like multiple like things, kind of like fencing. Multiple hits, okay. So that's so. Is there like you know how in fencing, like if you go off like the board or something, it's like a point for one of them or something. Is that how it works? I don't. No, for certain, because this one was one I just got introduced to the other night, so I haven't had as much time to research on it. But still, I like 
I like the premise of it because it's dangerous and people like danger. I obviously. mean, who doesn't love danger? Well, Baker Mayfield Baker loves Mayfield danger. Loves it. We, I love danger. I mean, we I love mean, being dangerous, don't yeah. we? We, we like Clevelanders. Yeah, we love being dangerous. We love waking up feeling dangerous. Start yeah. a new day. Zay get Wolf everything likes going being well, dangerous. His song. Need. Yeah. Keep Zay Wolf. The no, I would say the Danger Zone from uh, Top Gun. That's got to be his song. Imagine if I, they made the Twilight Zone the Danger Zone. What would that look like? I, I would actually have no idea. Uh, it would be pretty interesting. It would just, it would just probably be, uh, I don't know. Like this is the danger zone. That would be pretty weird. Like, You're entering music. a world of dangers danger. and wonders. This is the danger zone. And then I could just see Baker Mayfield's like face just popping out in it. <laughs> pretty much, him. just like popping out as soon as you say the word danger zone, and just be like, I'm feeling it's dangerous. Just him and his uh, headband. <laughs> throwing throwing us perfect spirals all around because that's what Baker does. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I, I you see this is the kind of stuff that I love to do. It's just like we get to goof around a little bit, but also determine whether this is a sport or not. Clearly, this one is. I clearly but think like, it is. Next next week when we do the show, I need to find something for my master doc. Yeah, I need. Yeah, I have another wacky sports for next week. We will. We will have something even wackier than this because, like, this is mild and tame compared to the stuff like wife carrying, extreme ironing. That, that is not. Those are not sports, in my opinion. What they, you you win a, you win money in a, a freaking amount of beer in the wife's weight or the sack's weight. I'm not kidding you. Extreme ironing. You're ironing on cliffs on the back of cars. So, so like, you're ironing clothes on the back of like a hood of car, like a hood of a car. Like you're you're like on the back of a car attached to it, and you're ironing clothes while driving. Who comes up with this type of stuff? I mean, have you not like, seen some of this stuff? How dangerous is wife that? Wife carrying, there's like what I'm going to pull Are up. Is wife the other carrying one. just carrying your wife? Or? Carrying your wife, but can also be like a sack. But like you get like a cash prize plus the wife's uh, the amount of like beer and the wife's weight. So let me look up. Oh, uh, that, is, that is interesting. Let me look at uh, look up my wife little... carrying everybody. That is something that's a, that's apparently a sport. Uh, so is ironing. Yeah, like extreme ironing. Extreme uh, ironing. You know, there's the like the cheese roll over in like Scotland, England area. Shin kicking is one where you basically make force a person force to person submit, to... Uh, but they have like protective guards in there. You have chess boxing where you rotate between like one or two minutes of playing chess and then boxing, and then like that, that's a real <laughs> right, sport. That sounds like kind of fun to do. Uh, there boxing. is uh, stuff like uh, ferret legging where you stick a ferret down the leg and see how long you can last with that. That's, that's stupid. Um, it's not some a sport. Of, like that—that that is a sport to me. They also have uh, like uh, like worm whispering stuff like that, and like where they actually bring the worms out of the ground. Jeez. And these, from kids to adults, they're able to do it. That is just like weird. there is a, this is just like really like there's so many of them that I've done in the past. It's like I know I remember it's called I, worm charming. Uh, then there's like uh, what else is there? I mean there's sepak tarqua, which is something we've had like unicycle soccer uh, stuff you like that. I don't know how you play unicycle soccer. You like I can play it with me like a bicycle or like bicycle or soccer. There's bicycle do, yeah. soccer. I'm forgetting what the unicycle one is right now. I don't know how would you kick? That's my question. You would you would be, be able to like use the back wheel or the front wheel of the bike to knock it into the goal. All right, that that seemed like it would take too long. I mean, soccer like, is long if enough. If you've got enough but, coordination yeah. and being able to turn the handles around quickly enough, you can do it. Yeah, I I don't think I ever ridden a unicycle before ever. Like those are like some of the old ones that I've done in the past, which it's it's still just like man, like this stuff exists out there. Like the and there was another one. There was like the chase tag championships that happened like last year. That was another one that went down. Uh, 
like that. I want to thank like High Noon, Pablo Torre, and Bamani Jones for introducing me to that. And like it was like crazy. It's like obstacle course, but like smaller. Not like American Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior is like I I consider that a sport. That now. is a sport. American Ninja Warrior. It's, I want to so I, badly like some point start training. I remember for it like I that. used to just kind of watch it on. Vacation. I've watched practically every season. I've only truly missed like one season. That Wasn't day. it once in Cleveland before? Yes, American it was Ninja in Warrior? Cleveland. Uh, was it 2016 or? It was in Cleveland during spring 2018. 2018. So like uh, so yeah. so so not last spring, but the spring before. So so spring of 20... 2018. So, like, they filmed it in February, back-to-back days, and then uh, how they do it is that they edit it, like, to where, like, you have each qualifier, and then they do the city finals, like, after the qualifiers, but, like, most of them are done in back-to-back days. This year, they had Cincinnati as the last one. They did that on May 25th and 26th. The city uh, qualifier on the 25th, and then the finals on the 26th. So, they were filming in Cleveland in February? So... 2018 February, they were filming... No, 2017 February. I got the t- 20, time. Yeah. 2017 February, they were filming in Cleveland. Okay. And then... So, 20, so they were doing it in, like, the freezing cold yeah, of Cleveland, And then this Ohio. past May, they and uh, they filmed in Cincinnati. All right. And it was just for, like... They do go around to all the different cities. Yeah, it's just they like do, they yeah. don't... It's not like, oh, you have a whole break and then go to another city. Yeah. They do it on back-to-back nights. It's kind of nice how it's just not New York, L.A., and Chicago. Well, they do... They get all the, uh, they get all the big they attention. They do do uh, one out by L.A. It's, like, about, like, the Venice Beach one, which yeah, is where they, they, they always started out at Venice Beach when they first uh, were running the program. Yeah. So, like, Venice Beach has always been, like, the place or like you know like Universal Studios has now been hosting it. I don't know yeah. why they haven't. Well, been it's because the... NBC and Universal are the same company. Oh yeah, so that makes a little more sense as to why they're not at the regular Venice Beach location. Yeah, but they used to have like Denver used to be a little more of a fixed location along with Miami and Baltimore, but now it's like the only fixed location is the Universal Studios, and then everyone else moves around. Like you usually have like one in Texas and then like a couple in like the southeast uh east midwest and then like one more in like the midwest to northeast or northwest a uh, very very interesting american and like, is if a uh, spoiler alert if you've not watched already but it shouldn't be anymore because it's been out there on social media drew dreschel won this season he was among two to beat stage three along with daniel gill and won the climb off over eight over eight stories i believe over seven or eight stories to win a million dollars before Uncle Sam taxes. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. I, kinda... I mean, he's he tore it. First season that they did it, he tore his ACL when he went to Japan to compete over there. Because they used to go to Japan before they brought it back here for the competitions. And, like, he tore his ACL, his meniscus, messed up his wow. knee badly. That and is... I've been watching this guy for 11 years. 11 on, years. I've been watching, watching him for him. 11 years. And now, like, he's got the money for his kid that was probably just born or is about to be born. And then... His wife's and that kid's gonna have a nice college fun right there. Yeah, he definitely is, and I, I can't even compare American yeah, so, Ninja Warrior to like uh, like the Spartan Race or any of those things. Yeah, but like Drew Dreschel is literally the real life ninja. So shout out to Drew Dreschel. I want, I want some applause for Drew. You want Dreschel. some applause for Drew Dreschel? We'll I want, give him. If some you're applause. listening, Drew, and I know you are. Congratulations again. Congrats, Drew. He yeah. does it, that great applause. And I don't know if we have anything else that we can I talk about today. I don't really have anything else. I think it might be time for a pass, oh. yeah. pass the mic. We are signing off today. 
Uh, wonderful show having Michael back in the studio. Always great having him. Yeah. Sheldon Oker calling in, talking the Browns yeah. and Indians. Sean, I, it was so good to have you back in the yeah, studio. Yeah, I'm glad to be back you. in the studio. Like it's like I was like so like it was so weird being out of the studio for like a whole like week and then like coming back in. And thank you to uh, Richard Coza again, Mitch Andrus, Nick Opencar, Greg Jashonik, Adam Cola, Dan Humphrey, uh, and everyone else uh, for listening in today. I know who you are. And also uh, everyone else for participating in the polls, discussion more. You all have been great today. Thank you so much, Anthony Mercury. And, yeah, hit it. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Everyone have a great weekend. Have a great day. Thirsty Thursday, everyone. Pastor Mike, we are signing out. Later!